Hi everyone and welcome to the Say As It Is with Pete podcast series. I'm Pete, your host, and each week I will bring you some frank and honest conversations covering various topics from learning and development, friendships, funding, HR, strengths, recruitment, ESG, well-being, ED&I, employability, and much, much more. So let's get this week's episode underway and say as it is. Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of Say As It Is with Pete and today we're going to be diving deep into the ever-evolving world of human resources. Yes everybody, it's October and it's so many days now until Halloween and if you love Halloween, perfect. I've been shopping this weekend and I've seen so many Halloween decorations as well as Christmas decorations all mixed together even better so yes it's october and it's all about the world of hr for this month's theme so over the next few weeks we're going to be looking at some of the following topics and they are um so next week we'll look at attracting and retaining top talent then navigating employee relations and conflict resolution and then the last one of the uh, theme for hr will be the future of hr technology and automation so if you want to get involved in any of those podcast episodes um i want to have your say with me on the say as it is podcast then reach out to me at pete at creativemind.zone uh, and we can have a quick chat and get you booked on to one of those episodes so let us waste no more time and get this episode on the move so how has hr transformed over the years and what role does it play in our modern workplace well let's um get into that now shall we so um, the world of HR, as we all know, has seen a dynamic shift um, over the years. Now, gone are the days um, when HR was just about hiring and firing. And, oh, they were the old days. So today it's a more strategic partner in the business, shaping cultures and driving organizational success. It's a little bit about the, the historical um, perspective on HR. So to truly really appreciate where we are, let's take a quick trip back down memory lane for some of us who are old enough to remember this. Now, HR was once known as personnel. And I always remember saying, oh, I'm going to personnel or go to personnel and that's all out for you. Well, it used to be called personnel and was the primary um, job was to look at the administrative tasks that needed to be done. So, you know, the all the kind of admin side, processing paperwork, chasing references, issuing contracts. It was very, very admin based then. But as businesses evolved, so did the role of HR. So it's been transitioning from the mere personnel management uh, to the more holistic human resource management approach. Now, there are some modern HR functions, so let's have a look at those now. So in today's dynamic work environment, HR wears many hats. 
And believe it or not, I know this because I work in HR. Um, I have quite a lot of HR experience, surprisingly enough. Now, people don't think I do, um, but I've been in and out of HR for many, many years. So you'll be surprised what I know. So let's tackle these, shall we? So the first one, recruitment and onboarding. So in the UK, um, a study showed that 75% of candidates consider an employer's brand before even applying for a job. That's massive, right? If 75% of those seeking work are looking at the brand. So you've got to make sure you have an amazing brand. Well, not necessarily an amazing brand, but you've got to make sure that your brand stands out and that you are really showcasing your business via your brand. Now, I know a lot of people, when they are looking at getting their brand more recognized, a lot of it is focused around the young people in the role, you know, about getting young people into the business. Um, but let's not be ageist now, and not let's go down the age discrimination here, HR, but your imagery should reflect your workforce. So if you have a very diverse workforce from different backgrounds, different ages, that's what it should be. And you should be using your staff for photos, not stock imagery. Trust me, it works. So as I said, this is this is massive in today's world and HR today isn't just about hiring, it's about selling the company's vision and culture. And that's why a lot of HR teams team up with recruitment or recruitment in general. So in some business you may have a separate recruitment team, separate HR, separate L&D, um, a bit like us, it might, the company I work for, but it all comes under the umbrella of HRE world. So, um, and me, I have my fingers in many pies uh, from recruitment to HR to L&D, to health and safety, to operations. My fingers are everywhere, social media, branding, you name it, I'm everywhere. But there is a reason why I do that. And we will delve into that in some later episodes. But you'll find that when you go to a lot of the, you know, London job shows, whether it be at Stratford, whether it be at um, in West London at White City or Milton Keynes or Manchester or Birmingham, you always see that it's that the people on the stand are from HR selling the brand. So remember that one. So training and development. So with the rapid pace of technology and technological, technological change, um, continuous learning is no longer a luxury, it's a necessity. And who's at the forefront? Well, HR and also this is known as L&D, so learning and development, that's my world. And I've been in L&D for many, many years now and I absolutely love it. But we need to be ensuring that employees are always at the top of their game and making sure that we provide the best learning experience and journey ever. Now, trust me, there are some people in HR that I know and I've worked with and they're very much of, oh, I can do everything, no. In the world of HR, we all have our own specialisms, whether that be HR, whether that be L&D, whether that be recruitment. And we need to pull on those strengths and use them where we are in the business. And L&D is my forefront and function. And I love growing and developing our teams from writing training programs to writing new e-learning courses, to managing our apprenticeships, to evolving them even more. And as some of you know, and I always say this, I'm a master scope 
um, master strength scope practitioner and I've embedded a strength scope awesomeness culture within the organization so you know that's really enhancing our um, employee experience and also one of the things that I love doing is reaching out and speaking to others and providing a you know a consulting service um and i do this under creativemind.zone but i can help people understand their apprenticeships more because i've come from an apprenticeship background from how to build their apprenticeship programs how to become an employer provider how to become a training center um, how to create and write training courses training needs analysis i can do all of that so if you need any of those services reach out and let me know a little bit of a plug there um but in the world of HR or in the world of L&D, learning is key. And you'll find a lot of people now will look for organizations that will invest in learning. And guys, remember, apprenticeships are not just for younger people. They are, there's no age restriction on an apprenticeship anymore in England. So anybody from the age of 16 upwards can do an apprenticeship. Um, but also an apprenticeship has got more meat to the bone. And if you do any of the apprenticeships that I bespoke with some of our providers there's a lot of meat on the bone on those uh, apprenticeships now so yes it's not just learning the knowledge but it's also learning the knowledge skills and behaviors but enough because i could go on about the, the world of l d for, for for hours and hours and hours and i'm gonna go off topic so let me reel myself back in and now let's look at employee well-being and mental health so a quote that resonates here is take care of your employees and they will take care of your business very true so modern hr understands the importance of mental health with many uk companies now offering employee assist programs mental health well-being courses and much much more and health and well-being you know especially mental health should be at the forefront within any hr function now, diversity, equality, and inclusion, EDI. So diversity isn't just a buzzword and it should never be a buzzword. So companies with diverse management teams have a 19, yes, a 19% higher revenues, according to a recent study. Now, HR plays a pivotal role in ensuring uh, workplaces are inclusive and diverse. Now, we all need to make sure that we have a diverse team and we are recruiting socially. And that brings me on to two things. Look, I work in the world of hospitality and I work in the world of housekeeping. And I can see at the moment there are certain nationality groups that we're recruiting from and we have far more of than what I really personally would like i would like more of certain other nationalities but i think when we're recruiting we need to make sure that we are reaching out to all nationalities not just focus on one or two because that's where the biggest footfall is coming we need to reach out to every nationality going join facebook groups telegram groups um snapchat instagram get out there speak to existing team members and i spoke about this in a recruitment podcast before you need to look at your current workforce and say to them guys you're from the romanian community you're from the polish community you're from the lithuanian the ukrainian the russian community how do we engage with you how do we get people to come and work for us engage with the student communities as well attend job fairs there's so much that you can do um become a um a disability confident employer you know but also you know become a socially recruited 
employer. Now, what I mean by socially recruited, I mean the social recruitment advocacy group, SHRAG. Now, some of you know from previous podcasts and from previous posts on my LinkedIn profile, I belong to SHRAG, which is the social recruitment advocacy group. And I am one of the founding members. Sounds really weird saying that, but I am. And I'm, and I've been very instrumental in that role. And I am going to put a call out for action now. And my call out to action is if you're listening to this, anybody in hospitality, pick up the gauntlet. Come and join me at one of our social recruitment accuracy board meetings. Meet Anne, the ex-skills minister. Um, you know, come and meet other employers like Securitas, Tesco's, Amazon and others that are looking at ways that we can socially recruit responsibly and tap into areas of potential hidden talent we didn't know we had. Now, this is run by People Plus and I've worked with People Plus for the last two, three years and I love People Plus. And I'm not just saying it, but you know, look, they dealt with a recruitment issue we had in Glasgow and we went from a 200% turnover in Glasgow uh, down to a 60% turnover. Dramatic change in 18 months, but that is the kind of things that we do. And we've tapped into some amazing talent we would never have known. But then I've got a wealth of experts and professionals and practitioners at my fingertips to ask for support, advice and guidance. And that's what social recruitment is about. Are we recruiting socially? And they do have a membership standard from gold, silver, bronze. Uh, and there's ways that you can work to see if you are a socially um, you know, socially responsible employer and if you're recruiting uh, under the social recruitment advocacy group kind of framework or the social recruitment framework. So if you want to find out more about that, reach out to me and I can get you along to the next meeting, which is in November. And I can tag you into those who are needed and do keep an eye out on LinkedIn because I will be posting some information about that. And look, guys, some of you have seen the videos I've done with uh, People Plus. Um, so stop dragging your feet, wake up, drink some coffee and come and join us and become a socially recruitment or socially, socially, can't even say now, a social recruitment advocacy ambassador. Oh, can't get my words out now. Now, let's move on a little bit now. Let's look at HR and technology. Now, the digital age has revolutionized HR. Am I wrong or am I right? But listen, from using AI in recruitment processes to data analytics uh, for informed decision making, HR is more tech savvy than it ever has been before. And as we move forward, um, the integration of AI and automation will only become more profound. Now, I use AI quite a bit and I use AI for various, various reasons. But I think that you, you've got to you've got to look at this now. I know there are people that say, oh, you know, there's lots of things you could automate onto AI now. You can do this via AI, that via AI, this via AI, that. You don't need these people anymore because you've got AI. Guys, stop. I'm not against AI. I love AI. But AI is as, as good as it can be. But you've got to think you still need that human touch. Yeah, you still need a human element to it and I AI is great for automating certain things getting things done a lot quicker this it helps with productivity don't get me wrong I love AI and there's so much I follow on AI I've read so many books on AI um, all sorts so 
you know, and there's the right way to use AI and how you use it and various other things. And I, I and it's interesting when I've read these books about, you know, the correct way to use AI and get more out, more out of AI to make it more productive. Um, and I'm more than happy to have a conversation and a podcast on AI. If anybody wants to reach out to me, but I do like AI. Now, I when I look at AI, there's things like JotForm. So we, uh, the company I work for and me personally in my role, I use a lot of things for JotForm because JotForm is great. It can do so much for me. It can automate automatic responses. So as some of you know and have listened and read my read my uh, posts on LinkedIn, I've recently uh, launched something called Aloha. And Aloha stands for the Aspiring London Omni Housekeeping Academy. A mouthful, but Aloha for short. Now, that academy, when the recruitment team are booking people in, what JotForm does fantastically from doing a bit of manual work in the background, um, I've managed to use JotForm to create that booking form for the recruitment team that then sends out a automatic response once the, the space is booked for the, for the candidate to message them with all the relevant information. It then also sets a reminder email in the background to remind the person to come to the training. But not only that, the great thing about JotForm as well, and I am plugging it slightly, but another thing about JotForm as well is I can create conditions in the background. So when we do the handover and the person or the candidate graduates from the academy to go to the hotel, I've set a lot of conditions in the background. And those conditions are when we recognize the hotel name, it knows who to send an email to, to let them know that that person is coming and it sends all the relevant information. Saves me having to take pictures, send emails, whatever. So it's all automated and it saves so much time and it gets the information out quicker. But it's also like our current uh, employee survey or satisfaction survey. So we launched one earlier last year and it's a year later and we're doing it again. Um, so we did it, or shouldn't say last year, we, we worked on it last year, but we did run it this year. In I think it was like April, May, we did it, uh, the organization I work for, but now we've done it again for the second time this year. Again, it's automated. It's, the, it's there, we've changed things, the translations are already set in there. It does so much to save so much time, but having AI on JotForm is great, but the only difference is, is that you do have to have a bit of manual time with a human being to put it in. And that also goes for our e-learning platform as well. And we use, or I use Easy Generator. Again, it's got some AI tools in there. Love it, amazing. But again, learn how to use AI to get the best from it and get what you want. But also there's AI in recruitment uh, tracking systems and much more. But AI, as I say, still has its limitations. So we still need a full HR team, okay? And they can never be replaced, yeah? If you use AI within your role, make sure you're using it the right way. Make sure it's helping you with your productivity and giving you time because sometimes AI gives me some little bit more time back so that I can do extra things. So yeah, AI is great. And you know what? I might do an extra podcast or a bonus podcast on AI. So just watch out for that bonus episode. But as I say, AI and technology will never replace HR because you still need somebody. But if it's used in the right way, happy days. Now, 
employee relations and conflict resolution. Now we will do a more in-depth podcast on this, as I've said, um, in October. But what we must know is that open communication um, is the bedrock to any successful organization. And we should know that, right? If you don't, wake up. Where are you? So HR ensures that conflicts are not just resolved, but are turned into opportunities for growth and understanding. And we should be doing that. And trust me, in my day-to-day job, I have seen a lot of conflict and a lot of employee relations, and I've been involved in a few as well. Um, So, you know, we can all learn from conflict management, conflict resolutions. You know, employee relations are key, and and employee relations deals with all sorts of things. And I think I'll enhance uh, in in some extra podcasts about what employee relations are, with all those things that you're relating to, from grievances to disciplinaries to flexible working requests, all various things. So employee relations is key and so is conflict resolutions, but we need to learn from them. And I think this is one of the things that really frustrates me. And um, I know it's going to go slightly off topic a bit, but for example, we recently had a 15 year old girl who was stabbed to death in Croydon and we, we've heard about it all week. And, you know, my sympathy goes out to her family um, and her loved ones. But then we keep hearing this thing. Oh, we need to learn from it. We need to do this. We need to do that. There'll be an investigation. There'll be an inquiry. There'll be recommendations provided, but we're not listening. I remember when knife crime started to go up, um, you know, I remember there used to be huge, great big, you know, bins where people could drop in knives, um, you know, and guns and things, weirdly enough. But you could have these great big bins in the high streets, you could drop things in there, uh, no questions asked. Yeah, and the police would get them, clear them, what have you. But... We all seem to go, and it's the same when we go through safeguarding issues, when we've had recently the teacher who committed suicide because of her you know, uh, inadequate OSTEC grade. I did a podcast on that, and if you remember rightly, I did say in that episode that you know another head teacher got similar grade uh, back in 2017 and took his own life. But we didn't learn from that one, you know, and a few years later, we're back to the same issue again. When we have safeguarding where, you know, we have baby P, you know, we had that scenario and then we presented another one. Um, but did we learn from it? No. And that's my biggest thing in life is if we're going to make mistakes and or we do things and things happen, we need to reflect on it. And we then also need to look at how we can learn from it, put things into place and make sure it doesn't happen again. So when you deal with conflict or when you deal with employee relations, you know, whether it's it goes right or wrong, always take a step back and, ref- and reflect. If something hasn't gone right, reflect on it. See what you could do better. And I do it when I do training, you know, look, and we should be doing it. And if you're a trainer and teacher or else, when you deliver a teaching session or a training session, You always reflect on how that training session went and could there be improvements? Could you make it better? And then you enhance your lesson or your course based on, you know, the the, the reflection of the session and you learn from it. 
But we need to be doing that day to day. We all need to be learning from self-reflection and we need to take that time out. So guys, when you're having those conflict resolutions or you're having that conflict or you're having those employee relations and it hasn't gone according to how you wanted it, you know, reflect on it. See if there's any best practices you can put in place, you know, but take note and learn from it because that is what it is all about digress slightly um, and I hope I get my point across on that one but again this is say it as it is with Pete so I'm going to say it as it is so now let's look at the uh, legal and ethical responsibilities within HR now within the ever-changing landscape of the labour laws in the UK uh, HR professionals and practitioners um, are always on their toes ensuring companies stay compliant um, I think we've seen that obviously from Brexit, where we then had the, you know, the, the new laws that came in about immigration. So with share codes and now, you know, you know, EU members having to, you know, have passports rather than ID cards now that, um, you know, then everybody needs a share code, um, you know, so it's it's all changing everything changes so not only immigration but employment law and other bits and pieces as well so we need to make sure that we stay up to date and compliant with all those changes and it never ends and my organization is part of the alp the association of labor providers and if you're not a member then it's worth having a look at um, and i attend various webinars etc in regards to the labor market and it's quite interesting to see how that kind of pans out and there are some things that do affect us uh, and some things that don't. And there's things that prick our ears up that go, actually, didn't know that. Um, would that affect us? Probably not. But actually, it's good to know it. And it's always good to stay up to date and compliant. Now, I am going to point this out. As a practitioner in your field of HR or L&D or recruitment or management or whatever your profession is, you should always have a continuous professional development log cpd and you should always have cpd hours now i remember as a tutor my cpd hours were 30 hours a year not a lot right but in an apprenticeship you're off the job or your cpd hours are anything up to 500 hours a year a lot more right so I would say 500 is a bit too much, but I would say try and set yourself a limit. It would be 30 or 40 hours of CPD a year. Yeah. And keep yourself up to date because, you know, we need to. But we have to be honest with ourselves. But beyond the legislations and regulations, um, you know, there's an ethical responsibility ensuring fairness and justice in all HR practices. So HR support systems um, that we're using uh, seem to be um, one of them. So I think people seem to be using a lot, you know, HR support services like Peninsula, like RBS Mentor and a few others where, you know, they'll use them to indemnify them if there is a case. If there's any issues, they run it through them to make sure that they're following best practice, but also they're in line with HR because not a lot of HR um, professionals or practitioners, you know, may hold a HR degree or HR qualification or, you know, or, or are very unsure of HR law. So an, a lazy 
term or a lazy way out of it is by having a HR related uh, consultancy who you can call and run things through with them to make sure you're doing it right. They can help create scripts, they can help create questions, create your letters. Again, it's having like an automated system, but you know, guys, there are many of us out there that do our HR qualification and we do all the theory, but we don't do the practical. And, you know, it's easy to pick up the phone and have a HR related services service there and they can cost anything between 25 to 30, 40,000 a year. Uh, you can get some services that can easily provide you support, advice and guidance for as less as 500 pounds a year. And you know, reach out to me because I can help you with that um, and give you the right advice and guidance. Um, but you've got to understand, you know, as practitioners, you need to keep up to date with the legislations and ethical uh, responsibilities as an employer, looking at what your rights are under human trafficking, child labor laws, and a lot more. So I will do a separate podcast on that one as well, because I think, although it's not going to be covered within the, the this month's episodes, I will pick this up on a separate podcast and we will look at more the ethical um, and legal requirements and responsibilities under HR. But guys, if you're going to use um, a HR um, consultancy service or a HR, um, you know, helpline team, just make sure you're investing correctly. Make sure that you are going to get your value for money and that they can indemnify you if you do have to go to a tribunal. Now, what I also will say as well is look at things like ACAS, employment law services, things like that, that are going to help you um, get to grips with things. So, you know, make sure you read things, make sure you keep up to date with things. You know, when I'm looking at things like 2P, for example, um, there's a lot of things like 2P we go through anyway, because we 2P in a lot of um, hotels that I work with and we 2P out a lot of hotels. <laughs> so it's in and out, in and out. But I always make sure I read things. Even when it comes to disciplinaries or grievances, I tend to go back and look at ACAS and see if I'm following the right processes, have we given the right amount of time, you know, various other bits and pieces. So never be afraid to look at something if you're unsure, question it, but use your common sense, please. And for some of you know, common sense is not one of my strengths, that's because I can't deal with people that don't use common sense. But please use your common sense on that one and keep yourself up to date. OK, but also there are a network of professionals out there on LinkedIn that you can link into um, link out to those people. You know, ask if you can come and you know ask if someone will be a mentor for you that you can use and bounce things off. You know, there's also um, qualifications now. So there is the HR level three level five practitioner um, qualification so hr business partner hr consultant you know you know look at them they're going to help you but i will say and i always get confused on this but with the hr level three and five qualifications the level three i would do first as an apprenticeship and the reason why i say so you may think oh a level five is more me i would say what the hell Take this advice. My advice on the HR apprenticeships is this. Do your level three first. Your level three focuses a lot on employment laws, rules and regulations. 
because when you go to your level five, there's no level four, go to your level five, it focuses on the practical, yeah, and the theory. There's no laws, legislations, regulations that will be covered in that qualification. It's all covered in the level three. So you cover that first, and then it's the theory and the practical on level five. So it doesn't matter what level you are at. Make sure you, you mark yourself below 75, below 60% to do the qualification. Didn't hear that from me. Uh, but do your level three first. Now, enough of that. Let's crack on. The future of HR. So post, so if we look at the post-pandemic world, um, it has reshaped the way we work, right? So we've had remote working, we've had flexible hours, and there's been a greater emphasis on work-life balance. Um, so, you know, and, it, and it's all at the forefront now. And there are more people looking for work at home, flexible working, all those kind of things. So as we look to the future, we have to think about emotional intelligence and soft skills will become even more critical in HR. This is why I love looking at StrengthScope because StrengthScope helps people identify, you know, their zone of peak performance. It helps them identify getting from the pathway of limitations to pathway So it looks at your mindset growth, but it also looks about harnessing your unique seven or your, your, your significant seven strengths your bubbling unders and finding out what your energy drainers are but also how you can utilize and pull on others which helps with productivity and again look guys i am a master strength scope practitioner i can deliver all the strength scope and i can help you and your team identify your strengths your drainers and your bubbling unders and how to utilize a leverage and enhance on them and get you to those zones of peak performance, get you to the pathway of possibilities. And if you want to know more, email me p at creativemind.zone or head over to creativemind.zone for more information. So let's start to kind of wrap this up because this is quite a long one this week, but a good one. So, um, as we start to look to wrap up this week's episode, uh, in the in this month's HR journey, it's clear that HR is not just a department, it's the heartbeat. Yes, the heartbeat of any organization. Take HR away and it's just a dead, lifeless body. Oh, the grim. But anyway, have a HR team, then you've got your heartbeat. So also HR, it shapes cultures, drives growth and ensures the workplaces are not just about work, but about people. So before I wrap up, let's dive a little bit deeper into a few areas that are shaping the modern HR landscape. So employee engagement and retention. Again, there will be another episode on this, but just very briefly, Look, one of the most significant challenges in HR today is keeping your employees engaged. So in the UK, a recent survey revealed that only around 15% of employees are truly engaged at work. 15%. That is a staggering figure, right? That ain't good. So HR's role in fostering a culture where employees feel valued, heard, and connected to the company's mission is more critical than ever right now. It's not just about perks and bonuses. 
It's about creating a sense of belonging. Okay, now the gig economy and HR. There is HR and the gig economy, they do go hand in hand. Now, the rise of the gig economy has brought about a new set of challenges and opportunities for HR. So there are freelancers, contractors, and part-time workers um, are being an integral part of our workforce. So how does HR integrate these individuals into the company and to the company culture? How do they ensure compliance and fair treatment? It's a balancing act and HR is right at the center of it. So my top tip here, and this is my personal view, take it or leave it, is that we need to treat anybody who works for our organization, so that's freelancers, contractors, part-timers, whoever they may be, we need to treat them just like an employee. Or if they're coming into business first time and working with us, treat them like a new employee joining the company. Do the onboarding, induct them, get them involved in, in, in training, really make them feel part of the company, not just an outsider coming to do a job, as this can build amazing partnerships and build an amazing working environment and well-being for those individuals, and it helps build the company's brand. Do you remember? We spoke about that earlier. Now, feedback culture. So gone are the days of annual reviews. And I, if you're still doing annual reviews, good. If you're doing quarterly or bi-monthly, brilliant. But some companies don't do them. So continuous feedback is the new norm now. So everybody's looking for feedback all the time, yeah? So modern HR understands the importance of regular check-ins, not just for performance reviews, but for personal growth and development. It's about fostering a culture where feedback is seen as a tool for growth, not criticism. Regular employee satisfaction surveys are amazing if done right and they're not being used just as a tick box exercise. You need to make sure when you get any feedback, you do something called a you said we did, okay? So show that you are taking what they're saying to heart and making changes and show them that you are listening, okay? Because it shows that you're standing out, that you're not just getting this feedback and sitting on it, you're actually using it. Also, for example, the company I work for, we've just sent our second employee survey and we've tagged it into managers. So the feedback from the employees that comes back will then help managers create action plans over the next, you know, 30, 60, 90 days to come up with a plan of improvement where needed. And that's how it should be used. Then you can do a, you said, we did. Okay. Now, the role of HR in crisis management. Oh yeah. So the recent pandemic has highlighted the critical role HR plays in crisis management. From ensuring employee safety to navigating the complexities of remote work, HR was at the forefront guiding organizationals through uncharted waters. It's a testament to the adaptability and reliance of HR professionals and practitioners. So as we dive deeper into these areas, one thing becomes clear. The role of HR is not static, it's dynamic, it's evolving, 
and it's adapting to the change and the needs of the workplace to the business landscape. So before I finally sign off for this episode, I'd like to leave you with a quote from the amazing Richard Branson. He said, clients do not come first. Employees come first. If you take care of your employees, they will take care of your clients. I'll say that again. Clients do not come first. Employees come first. If you take care of your employees, they will take care of your clients. And for a lot of service providers out there, take heed and listen to that. Reflect and action it. So it's a powerful reminder of the pivotal role HR plays in the success of any organization. So as always, I want to say a big thank you for staying with me on this journey into the world of HR and the first episode for this month around the world of HR. So I hope it's giving you some food for thought. And remember, the workplace is not just about processes and profits. It's about people. And HR is the guardian of that ethos. So until next week, keep questioning keep learning and let's continue to say things as they are stay safe and take care and next week we'll be diving into attracting and recruiting top talent from a hr point of view so if you want to join in that conversation then reach out to me and i will be more than happy to get you onto that episode but remember you can listen to this episode again or go back to previous episodes in season one and two Listen to some bonus episodes via rss.com, Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, uh, Amazon Music, you know, wherever you get your podcasts from. Remember to like, share and repost this podcast to anybody you think may find it interesting. And until next week, guys, remember you are all amazing. Keep smiling, keep laughing and don't let the world get to you. You all do an amazing job. So until next week, guys, I'll catch you soon.